Weird AF News, where weirdos come to raise an eyebrow or two or get a few laughs with your host, Comedian Jonesy. Oh, have we got some weird ones today, guys. This is Jonesy with Weird AF News. A brother walks through the front door after his sisters take a man they thought he was him off life support. Missouri might be the first state to out to outlaw to allow outdoor cremations. And humans have started growing spikes in the back of their skulls because we use our smartphones way too much. These are the weird stories for today, Tuesday. This is Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News. Let's do it, shall we? A brother walks through the front door after his sisters take a man they thought was him off life support. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Chicago. Two Chicago sisters made funeral arrangements for a man they thought was their dead brother. The sisters made a series of medical decisions for this guy in the hospital. Then they learned the dead man was not their brother at all. How do you screw that up? Rosie, I mean, if he was in one of those body casts where, like, everything was covered except for the eyes and the mouth, then, like, you know, you could probably mistake that as your brother. I don't know how you mistake a total stranger for your brother and then kill him in the hospital. How do the nurses and doctors let this happen, too? I mean, it's just like, there's so many questions I have. So Rosie Brooks said that she got a phone call a few weeks ago that no one ever wants to receive. She identified herself as Jennifer from the Mercy Hospital. She was a social worker. She was looking for relatives of Alfonso Bennett. Rosie Brooks told her that's her brother. Well, he's here in the ICU, they tell her. She rushed rushed to the hospital with her sister, Brenda. Rosie says, they had my brother on a ventilator and they had a tube in his mouth. They both looked at the man in the hospital bed and said, I can't identify this guy as my brother. They kept saying, CPD identified this person as our brother. CPD. It's the police department. Brooks says the hospital staff said the man had been beaten badly, especially in the face. This is why he wasn't recognizable. The man who had been brought in as John Doe was found naked and without an ID. Their brother has a background and is rarely in touch with his four sisters. Apparently the police identified this guy through the mugshots and not fingerprints because of his because of budget cuts. <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't fingerprint the dude. They identified him as mugshots, with the mugshots. But his face was all beaten up. How do you use a mugshot at that point? You don't identify a person through a mugshot versus fingerprints, someone said at the hospital. Fingerprints carry everything. The sister said the man responded to commands by raising his hand, but never opened his eyes. And then he started to languish. L-A-N-G-U-I-S-H. Languish. I believe that means... Uh, die. I think it means die. <laughs> Languish. I mean, <laughs> hey guys, we're, you know, you listen to Weird AF News, you laugh a little bit, and you improve your vocabulary. Why the hell not? The sisters signed papers to take this guy off a ventilator and gave permission for the doctors to perform a tracheotomy. He went into hospice. Hospice. And then he was ice cold. 
They purchased a casket, a suit, made funeral arrangements. Around the same time, they received a phone call from one of their other sisters. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yolanda says to Brenda, Brenda, it's Alfonso, it's Alfonso. He's here, he's alive and well. He just walked through our front door. <laughs> the brother, apparently. <laughs> the, man they, um, the man that died, apparently, um, was later identified at the morgue through fingerprints. So what, they, they don't have a budget to take fingerprints at the hospital, but they got a budget to take the fingerprints at the morgue? This makes no sense. They say the police are now looking for this guy's relatives. They can't find this guy either. I mean, they can't find his his kin. They're going to receive some terrible news. I wonder if they could, if there's like a lawsuit there for the family as well. Who do you sue? The police department? The hospital? What's going on here? Do you sue Brenda and her sisters? A lawyer says, I can't conceive of how a budgetary issue would drive whether or not a person who was a John Doe would be fingerprinted before they're taken off of life support. If that's the situation, something's got to be done. Yeah, yeah, something should be done. For sure. You can't just be unplugging people, you know? A spokesperson from the hospital said the family did positively identify the man as their brother, so I guess they're off the hook. <laughs> I mean, you're going to identify a dude that you can't even, you don't even know who it is. The guy can't, can only communicate by lifting his arm? That's not good. They're like, are you our brother? He's lifting his arm. Oh, that means yes. But actually he's lifting his arm to, arms to say, stop, stop, don't unplug me. I'm not your brother. I've never seen you idiots before. <laughs> No, he's raising his arm. That means he loves us. No, he's trying to get you to stop killing him. <laughs> Apparently, the police reportedly don't take fingerprints unless someone commits a crime or when they go to the morgue. Those are the rules. Unbelievable. Well, you know, sometimes you got to insert common sense into, the, into a situation and, like, bend the rules for special cases. This being one of them. You killed, you killed an innocent stranger. Just killed him, basically, because you you couldn't bend the rules a smidge, dummies. Well, this ended on a sour note. Oh man, just you know, I'm so afraid of hospitals. It's just like there's so much something, anything can happen. You go in there and you you could go in there fine, and then you come out of there, you're like, uh, I'm a mess. They're just, just they're not helping. <laughs> Keep me far away from a hospital. Did I ever tell you the story about how I got a um I got a an upper endoscopy, which was uh where they stick a camera down your stomach? So they put a camera down they put a camera down my stomach to take some photos because I thought I might have an ulcer, right? Because Jonesy gets stressed. Uh you know sometimes finances just get to me. So anyways, uh, before I leave, they give me an envelope right after I had the procedure. It's an envelope filled with the photos that they just took of the inside of my stomach. Now, I have no chance to speak to my doctor whatsoever. He's, he's doing other things. I have an appointment to go over the photos, but it's not for another week. 
So they sent me home with these photos. Obviously, I'm going to look at them. And I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm concerned. I noticed that my stomach had a yellow smudge on the side. I'm like, is that normal? I don't know. I've never seen the inside of a stomach before. So then I Google, what does an inside of the stomach look like? I'm looking at the photos. They don't look anything like mine. I'm freaking out. I'm Googling healthy inside of the stomach. <laughs> like, what is this yellow stain? Is it supposed to be there? Or is this because I had lemon meringue pie the day before? Like, I don't understand. Why would you give me these photos before I leave? Why would you do this to somebody? can easily set somebody off. We're all Googling our health now. So, like, you don't give someone the photos before we can speak to a doctor. Then a week later, of course, I show up at the doctor's office with the envelope. And he goes, where did you get those? I said, they gave them to me at the hospital. He says, you're not supposed to have those. <laughs> Hospitals. Stupid. That's my point. Missouri might be the first state to allow outdoor cremations. This is another death-related story. <laughs> I apologize. It just I thought I found this to be fascinating. I needed to get into it. A bill dubbed the Jedi Disposal Act could soon make Missouri the first state to allow outdoor cremations. This is what they do in India, by the way. They just burn the bodies outside. People stand around and watch. It's, it's got to be shocking, I'd imagine. But it seems to me more functional. What do you mean by functional, Jonesy? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, first of all, you know, we live in a planet that's pretty overpopulated. And there's, there's a housing crisis. There's, land is very expensive. So why would we be putting bodies that aren't working anymore into the ground, taking up this land? Do you see? Do you see if you keep doing this? You know, do the math. You see less and less land for the living. You see? So just from a, you know, a primary math point of view, this is foolish, foolish behavior to be using the, the limited available space to put dead people in there. So, you know, burning them, burning bodies seems to be functional. Uh, doing it outside for everyone to see, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, I, you know, that we could, we could, we could arm wrestle over whether that's acceptable, but. I like what they're thinking here. I like where they're going with it is my point. The bill, this Missouri bill would allow licensed funeral directors to organize outdoor cremations at licensed crematoriums or private sites that have permits. The bill got its name from the Star Wars movie franchise. Yeah, obviously. In which two Jedi Knights are cremated in public ceremonies. The bill passed with nearly unanimous consent in this year's legislative session and is awaiting the governor's decision on whether or not to sign it. Senator Jason Holzman proposed this measure in part because he says outdoor cremations have been performed since the dawn of man. Well, you know, in my opinion, that's not always the best rule of thumb for proposing a behavior. Yeah, we've been doing it forever. Yeah, we used to do a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> but, I'm, you know, I like where you're going, though. Okay, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm just like, you know. There's better reasons for it than we've been doing it since the dawn of man, you know. I'm not about to go scrawl etchings in a cave. Here's the quote. This is the way that our ancestors took care of the remains. The Native Americans did it in trees. The Vikings did it in boats. Outdoor cremation has been around many cultures forever. Your sentences don't even make sense. Is this guy... This is the problem with politicians. They're really dumb. <laughs> this guy... Outdoor cremation has been around many cultures forever. 
Yeah, they've, there's been many different ways that they've disposed of the bodies. They've, you know, burials have been a part of it as well. That goes back. I'm gonna guess burial burials goes back further than the cremations. Is my guess. Uh, you know, we're finding buried remains much older than we are finding cremated remains in you know in the archaeological records. So. But again, I like where you're going with this. Let's think outside the box when it comes to just burying people because I'm it's a concern of mine. So the only place in the country where public outdoor crem- cremations are legal is the small Colorado town of Crestone. C R E S T O N E. Fascinating. It's about 160 miles southwest of Denver. The Crestone End of Life Project is a not-for-profit organization and they receive state permits to organize ceremonies for people who live or own land in surrounding counties. This organization has organized about 65 outdoor cremations during the last 12 years. Some ceremonies attract as many as 300 people in a town with a population of only 143. The founding director, Stephanie Gaines, says it's part of the fabric of our community. The cremation is the frosting on the cake. For us, it's about community support in a transitional time from end of life, terminal end of life, through supporting the family and the individual after death. Holzman said his interest in the subject, this is the guy who proposed it, his interest began in part because of his northern Germanic and Viking ancestry. He said he would prefer to be cremated in the open air, just like the Native Americans. Funeral directors initially resisted the proposal out of fear people would host impromptu bonfires of deceased loved ones in their backyards. That is a concern, <laughs> for sure. People just start burning their relatives in their backyard. What? What? It's It's legal. I saw it on Twitter. This is legal. Bring Granny's body over here. Get the kerosene, Luther. (laughs) This is alarming. Humans are starting to grow spikes in the back of their skulls because we're all using our smartphones too much, apparently. So press your fingers into the back of your skull, just above your neck. If you feel a a small spike... You may be among people whose body has responded to smartphone use by growing new layers of bone back there. Now, first of all, I, I have always had this little spike back there. And I know that it's quite rare because people have pointed out to me that it's pretty rare. And I've felt other people's heads and, you know, not everybody has this. But apparently it's becoming uh, more common. And they think it's because of smartphone use? I don't know. I think smartphone use contributes to a lot of, um, you know, bad habits. And there's a, definitely a fallout to this. But is it, it this little bone in the back protruding? Is this the thing? Do you guys, are you guys growing this? I already had it. I've had it forever. Are people just growing this shit? This is weird to me. The phenomenon involves what is known as an external occipital protuberance. Hey, that's pretty good. You see, I nailed that. First try, by the way. Nailed it. A growth which appears on the back of your head. External occipital protuberance. I just want to show off that I can say it. So David Shahar, a health scientist at the University of the Sunshine Coast, Australia, told the media that in the last decade of his 20-year career, he's noticed that more patients have this protrusion. It used to be considered very rare to have this. He explained to the media that when the external occipital protuberance was first studied by French scientist Paul Broca in 1885, He didn't like it because he had studied so many specimens and he hadn't really seen any which had had it. 
Of the group, 41% had the lump, with 10% having a spike at least 20 millimeters long. It was more common in men than women at 67% versus 20%. The longest was 35.7 millimeters in a man, 25.5 millimeters in a woman. This buildup of bone on the external occipital protuberance is a type of... Ooh. A type of enthesophytes. Enthesophytes. The bony projection on a tendon or a ligament is thought to grow gradually over time, so is not expected in young people. They're more common in older people. The study explained that cases of this poking out of the external occipital protuberance are rare in the medical literature. A study in 2012, for instance, looked at 40 skulls and found just one measuring 9 millimeters. Shahar and his co-author wrote that their findings could be explained by the rise in the use of handheld technologies from early childhood. And he said that ways to prevent and treat these growths should be considered. Why? Why? Is it bad to have this? I've had this all my life. I don't find there to be much of a problem, even when I wear a hat or a helmet. It doesn't seem to really affect anything. I just thought I was an alien the whole time. Apparently, this guy thinks that these growths are terrible and they should be, they should be stopped immediately. This guy describes this phenomenon text neck quote yeah he calls it text neck he told the media that as we look down at our devices like smartphones and tablets our necks must work to keep our heads in place prolonged straining could lead the body to build new bone to increase the surface area holding up this mass so in in another study published in the journal scientific reports in 2018 involving 1200 participants aged 18 to 86 Shahars found older people were less likely to have an external occipital protuberance than younger individuals. He expects external occipital protuberances to become even larger. Imagine if you have stalactites and stalagmites. If no one is bothering them, they will just keep growing. What are we supposed to do, Shahar? Shave the back of our skull, you asshole? Yeah, hey, just give me that, um, give me the nail file and I'll get right to work, idiot. I've had this all my life and I'm fine, (laughs) I think. But apparently there's a shift in these things. They're growing. Maybe it's not so much text neck. Maybe we're just finally evolving into the aliens that we need to be to get off this planet. We're toxifying the planet underneath our feet. What does this mean? This means this place is going to be uninhabitable in a couple hundred years. What do we do about that? Well, we obviously have to live in space. Maybe this is a piece growing out of our skull that's going to make that possible. I don't know, Shahar. Maybe not be so quick to blame it on a smartphone. Although, you know, I I blame a lot of things on smartphones too, so I can understand where he's coming from. Our smartphones, I mean, they're a double-edged sword, aren't they? For instance, they allow me to record this podcast that you're hearing right now, which is lovely. And I know we're getting a lot out of this, right? Both of us. But also... Well, I mean, I'll give you an incident that happened this morning. I woke up, opened up Twitter, and I saw that the Holocaust was trending. Immediately depressed me, and I went back to bed. (laughs) So in that sense, my smartphone sometimes ruins my day. But hey, you know, we got to take the good with the bad. Can we get some data, by the way, while we're... This is the magic about me hosting a podcast is, first of all, I can do whatever the hell I want with it, but I can get information. I want you guys to feel the back of your head. Do you have 
this external occipital protuberance? And I want you to reach out to me and let me know. Let's do our own data. We'll find what percentage. I know the percentage of, I know how many of my listeners are out there. And so how many of my listeners have this, are turning into aliens? Let's get down. Reach out to me via email if you want. Funnyjones at gmail.com. If you want to send me a picture of your external occipital protuberance, feel free. If you want to send a picture of your external occipital protuberance while you're wearing a bikini, feel free. I'm not going to say no to that. (laughs) I'm not soliciting this shit. This is called science. Hey guys, it's Jonesy here. Thanks for listening to the Tuesday episode of Weird AF News. Hope you enjoyed the stories. Please call in or email me if any of them resonate with you and you have an opinion that you want to share. I always welcome that. I got a nice email from Jeremy P. who says, Hi Jonesy, big fan here. I've been listening to your podcast ever since I got my Google Home early last year. Your jokes always crack me up and brighten up my morning before heading to work. Your singing is awesome, so don't ever mind those haters. Anyway, was really surprised this morning when you covered the story from the Philippines, where I come from, and the surplus of mangoes situation. I'm going to tell my folks back home to stock up on mangoes. I appreciate you covering weird stories from all across the world. I'm based in Singapore right now, so just want to share a recent weird story that happened last Mother's Day. Uh, And he puts a link there. He also sent me a Florida story, uh, which I'm looking forward to reading as well. Thanks again, sir, for your awesome show, and I wish you more success. Regards, Jeremy. What a pleasant, pleasant guy. Thank you, Jeremy. That was so awesome. What a great email. Very polite guy. Uh, Also, Mr. Kellen sent me an email and wants me to know that 300,000 yen is $2,770.53. 500,000 yen is $4,617.18. For those of you keeping score at home. (laughs) I also got a text. Yeah, I got a text through my Google Voice. Did you know you could do that? Hey there, Michelle G. from New Mexico. I've done time in prison. And jails absolutely have their own rules, especially privately operated prisons. If you are prescribed certain things, they will not give them to you while you're there. And if you just so happen to take some or find some in there, you will be reprimanded by being strip searched, which is extremely humiliating. And put in a cell by yourself where the toilet does not flush. It's called a dry cell. So they can search your waste for contraband. In order for a prisoner to call you, you need to set up a prepaid account by calling. And then they put the phone number here. You put what you can onto a an account. All right. Yeah, I've heard about this. uh, These phone the the phone calling in in the prison. A buddy of mine calls a uh, a fellow quite regularly and has to put all this money on this account. It's really expensive. She says, unless a prisoner buys a calling card on commissary, that's the only way for them to contact you. It's probably extremely rare that an inmate would even be able to listen to a podcast, as a matter of fact, just so you know, Jonesy. My friend is calling from prison right now, so I need to take this call. Also, I am eating a mango as I write you. Weird. Yes, Michelle, all of that is weird. And I appreciate you sharing your experience and, and giving me some insight into prison culture. Uh, yeah, I covered a story about smoking weed in prison yesterday, in case you're wondering where this is coming from. Had a few responses about that situation and even a phone call that I will publish at the end of this as well. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, you can call 646-450-2012. Email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at funnyjones, on Twitter at funnyjones, and on Facebook it's Comedian Jonesy. Uh, lastly, 
Check out my Patreon, which is a way you can support the show. Keep Jonesy highly caffeinated by buying him a cup of coffee a month. Isn't that wonderful? Just one. One from each of you. That keeps me caffeinated every day. How about that? It's patreon.com slash weirdafnews. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. There's a link in the description of the podcast, by the way, if you're listening on a podcast app. Uh, If you're listening on a smart speaker, you'll have to go separately and type in patreon.com slash weirdafnews. By the way, if you're listening on smart speakers or if you have a smart speaker, you can just tell it to play the Weird AF News podcast. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Isn't technology grand? Love it. (laughs) Oh, my text neck is hurting me. This is a collect call from Sacramento County Corrections Facility. Hey, Jonesy. You know who this is. Yeah, I got logged up again. I'm out here in California. Thought pot was legal. Apparently the amount I had wasn't. Nevertheless, I'm inside. And as long as I don't light the marijuana on fire, I can have it. I can smoke it in my dreams, I suppose. You see, they'll give you a lighter if you're on the other side of the cell block. And they'll give you the marijuana on this side. I guess it's a way we reach out and touch someone. Make friends, if you will. I know this doesn't really make a lot of sense. So maybe you could send me some brownie mix and I could make something of this. Thank you for your support. <laughs>